You're watching the Tesla Life live with your host, Mark Coglo. the 25th of January 2023. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello, and hello. Uh, as per usual, we've got our usual co-host with us tonight. Mr. Patrick Connor joins us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, Tesla Nation. And welcome to our gigawatt hour of fun. I like that. I'm going to keep it going. <laughs> Also joining us 21 is, gigawatts. is Casey and friend on in the DC area. How are you today, sir? We're doing all right. How are you doing today? A little, uh, a little wet out today. It rained. Uh, you got some uh, Canadian rain out there. Yeah, snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to shovel, though. Ex extremely cold rain is how they phrase that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we received about... Uh, about nine inches so far, and we're expecting another three or four. So wow. it's been fun here today. A lot of shoveling going on. But and uh, I appreciate you translating into American units. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but we certainly uh, we certainly have had a light winter to this point. So uh, not complaining, not complaining yet. Anyways, it's been uh, it's been light on the snow side, which to this point, which has been great. So. <laughs> Also today is uh, lots of news this week, a ton, a literal ton of news. Uh, and uh, we're going to start it off, of course, with the earnings call. And Patrick's going to give us a little summary of uh, what we heard uh, during the earnings call this afternoon. Yeah. So this one's always cool because it's the Q4 earnings call, which means they cover the whole year. So we got a lot of uh, stats for 2022. Uh, some of its recap of stuff we already knew, like 1.37 million cars. But then um, some other stuff, like they had 16.8% margin, highest in the industry. And this is during a year when they had commodity price spikes and uh, supply line problems. And yet they're still having uh, highest in the industry results. Some, some, a few other numbers, I won't throw too many out, but uh, 12.5 billion in income, 7.5 billion in free cash flow. Uh, $20 billion cash on hand. They paid off $500 million in debt. They have very little debt remaining. Uh, so yeah, that's just a few of the, the numbers off the top. Uh, Elon spoke first. The first thing he addressed was demand. There's this, uh, were you cutting prices because there's a demand slump? And uh, he wanted to address that directly. It was also the first question from the say um, shareholder, uh, but he, 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 even, he answered it before that even got asked. And uh, right now, they're seeing an order rate that is two times that of their production rate. Now, that's obviously, you know, just at this moment in time. Uh, so it's not expected that that's going to be sustained. But uh, cut prices a little bit, you get a whole lot of people that are interested. And, on uh, on that it. one there, uh, the, mm -hmm. the same question was, uh, I'm hearing that it's half of the blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, it was double in the presentation before they got to the say questions, right? Yes, exactly. So they yes. were off by what the factor four? 
<laughs> right. Yes, they're not producing twice as many as the demand. It's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. The demand is twice as high as what they're currently making. So uh, price changes absolutely matter. That's the demand lever that they have. When you have industry-leading margins, you can do those things. Um, their cost controls are working. So um, one of the in 2022, they were ramping up Gigafactory Austin and Berlin. And when you are ramping up a new factory, is that's when it's its least profitable. You have all the overhead of building this massive factory, and you're making very few vehicles out of it. Well, um, this year, that's when the, these both of these factories are going to ramp. So uh, that will take a lot of that. They'll have even better margins this year yeah, than than last year if that plays out. Um, the other just recap of some of the stuff: FSD beta went out to about four hundred thousand drivers in 2022. The safety statistics show that it is working. Uh, 4680 production is now at about 1,000 cars per week. And we'll touch on this story later. They're adding 100 gigawatt hours of capacity at Giga Nevada. The plan is to get to 1,000 gigawatt hours of battery cell production by Tesla. This is in addition to everything that they're buying from their uh, partners, battery partners. And... Uh, so if they've got a hundred now and they're going to get to a thousand, you can expect some more announcements coming out uh, later this year, next year about where those are going to be manufactured. Uh, that should be exciting. So on the uh, FSD safety aspect, that should, mm -hmm. it, it won't, but it should address all the, uh, or at least some of the coverage they've been receiving about uh, FSD and, and people who are, aren't properly driving their cars. Yes. Yeah. And supposedly California has a law that went into effect earlier this month that says they can't call it FSD anymore. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, it, should, it should help with people who don't drive it and don't know what it is, not confusing it, hopefully. <laughs> Unless they pick another confusing name. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll My see. My vote is we'll on see. not FSD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Almost FSD. <laughs> Beta. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. Next was yeah, on the list was yeah. uh, energy storage. It has had record growth, and um, when 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 this came up, Elon started talking about Tesla has three pillars. Um, the first one is using renewable energy, such as driving your car. Uh, then the renewable energy production, such as solar and wind. It was interesting that he threw wind in there. I mean, yes, it's renewable, but but in the Tesla context, that's not something that they have. And then uh, the last last one was storage. So you have to have those three pillars. And uh, so if you wanna look at what might they do in the future, what fits into that that they don't have? And uh, there, were some, there were some hints that, that they have new products coming out that'll be announced later. And um, they said, wait for investor day. That's when you'll get to learn more about that stuff. It's not going to be announced here. An earnings call is not the right place to do that. Even though they got asked two or three more times, uh, the answer was still no. You're not going to get to learn about that now. Um, although they did get one answer when they started talking about 4680 volumes going up. One of the questions was with the IRA, there are incentives in there for industrial vehicles, will Tesla do something beyond the semi? And uh, Elon said, well, that's kind of what I was hinting at, which was Pretty like, line, you, you, you just, yeah. <laughs> so he said, but I'm not going to give you any more details because this isn't the right place for that. 
So uh, they might have some other industrial vehicle that will be announced uh, soon. Well, also, the interesting... also the IRA includes provisions for uh, grid storage. So mm-hmm. Megapack switching to uh, 4680s, like you talked about this morning, that can also be part of it. Yes. And he did say that any new products that they announce, they will be using 4680s, right. which I thought was interesting. So that is their plan. That's the direction. That's the technology they want to use. Um, uh, so uh, if you're uh, planning on um, having a, a big market for the 2170s, forget about it. <laughs> you should be looking at 4680s if you produce batteries. I'm curious about the Nevada semis, though, if they'll use 2170s, start with 2170s, or if they're going to switch to 4680s once that, that part of the factory is ready. Right. Yeah. It would make sense to switch as soon as they can. But see, that was okay. So one of the things that Musk talked about that, that I think uh, really makes sense was there's no point in announcing new products or having new products if all t- to make them you just you have to steal battery capacity from the existing product line and make fewer of those. If you're battery constrained, having more product lines is just less efficient. If uh, if you're battery constrained, then you should have as few as you products as you can to sell those batteries, those cells, and uh, and then, yeah, so whatever the bottleneck is, whatever the limiting factor is, work on that, and then only then announce new products. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do uh, later this year. Um, yeah, there was some, some uh, we've talked about some of these. Um, uh, it was interesting, there was a question about when will Cybertruck production begin? And uh, they really downplayed it. And they said, well, when production begins, it's low volume. What really matters is when do we hit volume production? And that's going to be in 2024. So uh, if you uh, have a Cybertruck order, unless you're in uh, a very low number, you're probably not going to get it this year. Uh, it, it's, it's funny how uh, they're only concerned with the volume because, of course, that's what impacts the bottom line. The people who want the vehicle are like, itty, just give me some. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hardware four. Uh, so for their full self-driving hardware, cameras, sensors, the inference engine that runs in there, that is coming in the Cybertruck. Hardware four will first ship with Cybertruck. And there was a question about, well, okay, if, if it's coming, you, you know it's coming this year, will there be an upgrade path for hardware three? And uh, Musk said no that hardware three is adequate. It's going to do what needs to be done. Hardware four will be better, but it'll be the difference between being uh, four times better than human and 4.2 times better than human or uh, whatever his actual numbers were. And uh, it was interesting because he said the cost of upgrading all the hardware three would be uh, financially prohibitive and it's not going to be done. So, uh, there you go. If you uh, really, really want hardware four, you got to wait and uh, get a new vehicle sometime later this year, maybe. Or yeah. get a Cybertruck. <laughs> yeah, there was exactly. A, I think the last point I'll touch on, uh, there was a lot. Oh, oh, I have to read this slide. Uh, <laughs> so we are all betting on how many vehicles they're going to make this year, right? Yeah. And um, uh one of the analysts said, uh, your guidance is for 1.8 million. Um, w- why, when we know you have production capacity of 2 million plus? And uh, Elon's answer cracked me up. He said, yes, we have capacity for 2 million, 
but there's always some friggin' force majeure, whether it's a supply chain shortage, a hurricane, a war, a pandemic. <laughs> so yes, if everything goes smoothly, we'll we'll far exceed our guidance. Uh, but that's the guidance that we have. <laughs> so he's uh, he's baking in a, a problem uh, which he's yes. experienced for the past few years. Yes, which I thought was funny because I did the same thing when we were talking about it. I said, oh, yeah, I think they're going to be over 2 million. But my guess was 1.9 something. And you're like, well, why? you just said you think they're going to do 2 million. Why would you write down 1.9? <laughs> I figure you roll the dice a few times. You're liable to come up with snake eyes. But uh, you also, if you keep rolling, eventually you're going to get a things perfect for a year. Right. So. Yes, I'm, I'm your thinking, boxcars run through a while too. Yep. I'm thinking 2023 <laughs> is going to be a perfect year. I hope you're right. Yes, <laughs> uh, that was a good one. They also talked about insurance and um, the, the the fleet maturing. They talked about Dojo uh, will awaken this year and uh, how they expect it to be competitive with other supercomputers and exceed them next year since it's single focused. It's not general purpose. They can really optimize. Yeah, there was a... There was a, a question about who do you see as your biggest competitor five years from now? And uh, that was an interesting answer. Um, Elon went right to thinking five years out from now, AI is the most important thing for Tesla. And from that perspective, it's not even clear who's in second place. You couldn't see them with the telescope from where we're standing, which I thought was interesting. And then, and then someone else on the call, I'm not sure who else in his uh, was there, said, uh, well, from a vehicle perspective, uh, the legacy automakers are losing market share and Tesla's gaining market share. So the only ones that are going to be competitive are the ones that can keep pace with the growth of EVs. And right now, that's only Chinese automakers. So uh, five years from now, it's the Chinese automakers that could be in a dominant position, which I thought was really interesting because you think about how um, Japan came into the U.S. and became a, a dominant market player and how um, right now it's it's the U.S., Germany, and Japan primarily. Um, but uh, that could change. That could change with, with the transition to EVs. That's a strategic inflection point. That's when... Um, Kings fall and and new players can arise, so it would be interesting to see if five years from now China's exporting EVs around the world, and uh, Honda is a shadow of its old self if it even exists. For example, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. Um, I know I know that Sandy Monroe has warned about China uh, exactly. and talked about how uh, he believes that China is coming on strong. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the I think part of the IRA uh, is to limit some of China's possible success within the United States um, is to uh, protect the market somewhat uh, a little bit, at least for the next 10 years. They won't be able to protect it forever, but uh, it uh, it looks like that's that's part of the besides building infrastructure and everything at home. Um, it also uh, protects some U.S. automakers for a little bit of time going forward. It does until they uh, start selling their factories to uh, companies like BYD and they start building in the U.S. and then do qualify for the IRA. And, yep. uh, yeah, that could be an issue for sure. For well, sure. So then you've got uh, Senator Manchin is pushing through. Uh, the one aspect I do like is it will close the leasing loophole. But the problem oh, is right. it looks like it will uh, try and get a little uh, wider at the uh, 
the anti uh, his team stance <laughs> on on the matter of EVs. Yeah, well, not his team because his his team is a team of one. But you know, what I mean, the team he's looped in. You know, t- team Wyoming. You mean? <laughs> right, right. <then. laughs> but well, West Virginia, really. But um... <laughs> uh, well, there's there's some stuff that Tesla really didn't catch or talk about that much and that of course yeah the the new 3.6 billion dollar uh upgrade uh that they have uh promoted with the governor of nevada uh Mm -hmm. and of course um that was the announcement that uh a new factory line for the tesla semi was going to uh be put into place and uh there was a few reports about this and a lot of people thought this meant a different factory in fact mm-hmm. i have a few news releases that we reported upon that it indicated that they were separate factories even in separate locations but right. uh, i think, I think it, tesla it, used the word factories as well but they didn't they never specified it was a different location on their end yeah but this this uh <laughs> actually is the case that it's going to be uh within uh nevada gigafactory so it's it's right. just a different floor space allocated uh, to a line or two uh, of uh, semi-production. I wonder if yeah. only that, that, that half of the building is going to have windows or if they're going to go and update the rest of the exterior uh, look. <laughs> well, mm. yeah, there, well, there's, there is the other option, too, that uh, that uh, that factory is not at full size yet either. It's, it's not right, it's up not. to its, its projected size. They've still got extra room to construct uh, it even larger. Um, but it, it's it's you know there has been staffing issues uh, mm-hmm. getting it to uh, to to grow. Um, not sure if it's going to help that now they're building a line in. Obviously, that's going to be different employees because before it was basically batteries only. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. there's going to be construction of vehicles that could be maybe bring in different types of employees that are available in the region. They're just not haven't applied for battery jobs. Um, right. I guess we'll have to see. The other thing was that, as Patrick has mentioned, the scale, it's the scaling up of 4680s is still going on, but it now seems that Tesla has over that little bit of a hump that we've been talking about for the past number of months, uh, that the 4680 production wasn't that great because they were probably dealing with some sort of uh, issue on the performance of the battery, the the chemical comp, you know composition, uh, how the the process was being put together, line issues or mm-hmm. improvements that they needed to employ first, um, but it does seem now that with this announcement, they're adding another line or number of lines of 46As that are going to be added to Gigafactory Nevada as well, and uh, right, and that number. Uh, they're saying now is a hundred gigawatts, which equates yes. to two million light duty vehicles or two million, you know, Model Threes, Model Ys, uh, basically. Um, they didn't want to confuse it by saying the semi would be part of that two million, but they're saying that the battery amount, one hundred gigawatt hours, is attributable to about two million vehicles. Yeah, David brought up a good point in the chat here that. Um... One of the things they said on the call is that they're making this 100 gigawatt hours in the space that other battery manufacturers would only be able to make about 35. So they're about three times space efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
with, with yeah, yeah, builder yeah. cells. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it, as Patrick was saying earlier, if their goal is to be at a thousand gigawatt hours, guess what? That's twenty million vehicles, which is the number that we've heard from Elon previously. Mm -hmm. So, and of uh, course, the, it's not just going into cars, right? They have their storage products and. Uh, the the semi and and uh, whatever unannounced things that they they are going mm -hmm. to do, but yeah, very Not interesting. Um, the model I have only has them going up to like thirteen million vehicles, so maybe I need to go update my model. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's, that's the other thing is, is if is if they do get to the point where they're comfortable in producing the forty six eighties, and it certainly appears that they're going to start to ramp up with this, yeah. um, <laughs> then that lets me know that. Um, one of the constraints that has been holding them back last year is now starting to fade away. Um, yes. So uh, with the with the ramp up, um, you could definitely see that uh, maybe that number where we're saying they're going to produce two million cars could be low. Uh, if that if that is the only thing that was holding them back was battery production, uh, being able to start ramp up Germany and Texas all at the same time with an unlimited amount of supply of batteries according to how much they can actually produce at those two factories, it uh, it could result in a quite a boost uh, in production of vehicles this coming year. That would be nice. I'm curious if they're going to go in the Powerwall too. Like, does it have enough space to hold 4680s? Mm. I would say if it doesn't, they'd make room for it. Like, they would change the exterior packaging. Yeah. yeah. So uh, right now they have Powerwall two plus. They could have a Powerwall three. And if anything, I would think that for power for stationary storage, they should be going to iron. Um, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know if that was in this announcement uh, or very recently they announced that the um, Mega Packs were ironed. But uh, it'd also be cool to get a confirmation that uh, the, the Powerwall has also gone iron. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't heard that before. So they haven't announced that yet, um, as far as I know, about the Powerwall. Right, not the so, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's something that uh, uh, certainly could be done. But but if the, if forty six eighties are the future, which was again mm -hmm. reinstated today, yeah. um, that also is going to help them with their margins because we all knew that from Battery Day uh, a few years ago that uh, the uh, the uh, creation of the forty six eighty was going to save them tremendously not just on what the battery could hold, but the costs of producing that battery. So that yes. means uh, that their profit will increase on every car that they sell with a 4680 in it because they're going to cost less to produce and place in those cars. So yeah, absolutely. that's gonna be a big win for the company as uh, as they start switching over to, and all of them start taking that battery. Yeah, it's amazing that they're getting the results they are now when we know that they have things that are just at the beginning phases and that's the most expensive part. <laughs> so it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Let's go according to plan. And then as Patrick said, in the earnings call, they indicated they paid off some more debt uh, and mm -hmm. uh, they, they basically are down to a, uh, an amount uh, that is uh, almost zero uh, compared to what they were holding before. So uh, mm -hmm. this is the, another plus where the interest uh, that they're being charged on loans now basically becomes null uh, as time go has gone along here. So yeah, there's a lot of pluses uh, in this uh, year-end call and uh, end of quarter call that uh, you can see Tesla just uh, benefiting from uh, as we go forward. Yeah, they also the thing pointed I out that they were doing so much better than uh, their competition without 
trying to bad mouth the competition, but at the same time, they're saying, look at the figures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I didn't hear that I was expecting them to mention was um, a potential stock buyback. Musk has uh, sort of already committed to it, and you would think that um, the financial analysts would have been all over the hints he's dropped about that and asking, is that going to happen? When's it going to happen? What do you expect it to impact for your cash on hand, for the stock price? And, I think we'll probably yeah. hear about that well, I don't know to ask. By, the, by the end of uh, the second quarter or end of third quarter. Because remember, he also said it at the same time that, you know, we have to wait and see how the how the economy plays out. So maybe they knew right. not to ask this time or Tesla mm. did a really good job of filtering that out. <laughs> yeah, Could that's, be, that's yeah. kind of interesting because because analysts tend to ask those questions regardless, uh, because, right. of course, they're interested in stock price. That's uh-huh. that's. That's the whole deal with them. Uh, so that's a big part of their, a big part of uh, what they're doing. So yeah. surprising that they didn't ask that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, another uh, part of the puzzle is, uh, of course, expanding Tesla sales. And Casey's got our next story about uh, a new place that Tesla has arrived. Yeah. So Tesla uh, announced that they were coming to Thailand, uh, and then. Before that, we, we noticed that Thai was added as one of the languages in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just uh, this past week, the uh, the first shipment arrived with Model 3s and Model Ys. And uh, my wife tells me that they're still too expensive for most people there, but clearly there's enough people there with some money to, to buy the whole, the whole shipment. She so, has some friends or family in Thailand? Oh, yeah, yeah. She still does. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's where she's from. So you've got a you've got a boatload of Teslas that showed up for the first time, uh, and uh, they've laid the groundwork. Is there any supercharging in Thailand, Casey? Do you happen mm. to know? I think there's got to be because remember they have those what fifty or seventy five uh, police vehicles, the small three performances. Well, could have been could have been just charging at the police headquarters. They they could have been. Let's take a look. Okay, yeah, you take a look. <laughs> and are you uh, going to do a? Uh, um, What's the um, a better route planner or uh, or uh, okay yeah the other question uh, so I wonder uh, since those police cars were likely gray vehicles but maybe not maybe they were the the the, the trial shipment like hey you know we need yeah. to certify these hey we need police cars yeah <laughs> exactly yeah you help us and we'll help you disparity performances. <laughs> Another, so uh, where are these cars being delivered from? Because um, they probably that's a good question. Well, they are being delivered to Bangkok. So I don't think that Thailand has, or do they? Do they have as low of an opinion of China as some other Asian countries do? I, I will like, say when my wife first got here, she would turn over a product and say, "China." <laughs> okay, because uh, so that's, that's how it was uh, over there when they were neighbors. You turn it over, and it was Chinese because. It was cheaper to do it that way, but yeah, to come half a world away and still see it, it was kind of a shock, I suppose. That would be interesting to know as well as to whether or not uh, they're coming from China. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly China has the capacity to deliver. Like Thailand, as Casey has mentioned, is not a huge market. It's a new market. It's not huge, but uh, pretty, certainly big, delivering but not, there. Huge, yeah. Delivering there mm-hmm. would not be much of a, a, you know, a job for Shanghai for sure. But um, right. another note about as, as of a few months ago, they didn't there. have any superchargers. You don't see any? As of a few months ago, they didn't have any. Okay. 
Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. That uh, well, Thailand's not a huge co- uh, country either, uh, but uh, <laughs> you would think that they would put a few superchargers as time goes along. Certainly with the delivery, maybe those uh, maybe those uh, locations are being picked out or have been picked out because uh, yeah, if you want, if you want to go no from that Tesla hasn't opened up sales areas that superchargers had not followed or were, were there previously before those sales areas opened. Yeah, if you want to go from one side of the country to the other, it's it's a couple days just like here. Um, so the search has some stuff in Thailand. Let's see. Stores and galleries. No superchargers showing up, though. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm surprised because um, if you if you want to sell vehicles somewhere, you have to have service for it and charging for it. I mean, those are the two essentials. And uh, uh, so if they don't have it now, it's coming, it's, it's coming soon. And uh, yeah, David asks, is, you know CS, is CCS <laughs> the charging standard as it is in Europe, in Thailand, would you think? Mm. That's a good question. Are they going to be more like South Korea or in Japan? Or are they going to be more like China? China has the double ports. So that's, that's right. China is double. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious now. Okay. I have to get her to ask somebody who, who knows some somebody who tries to test them. We got some questions. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Snap uh, a photo for us. Share it in our Twitter feed. <laughs> Next uh, next story I want to t- just touch upon is that uh, those uh, quality assurance robots have been installed at Fremont, and now they're in operation. They already have these quality assurance robots in uh, Shanghai, I understand, and uh, they are also being uh, placed inside of Texas and Berlin. Uh, but Fremont didn't have any to this point because, of course, it was the first factory. Um, and from what I understand, this quality assurance robots are searching and looking at the interior of the vehicle as it's on the line. So it's hmm. not looking at exterior or anything yet, strictly interior. So uh, use an exterior from all the complaints. <laughs> well, just a, just a piece of the puzzle, right? You're going to start right. somewhere. Um, yeah. You've got mm-hmm. X amount of robots. You've got to, of course, program them all. And then they, you've got them looking at a at the vehicle. Probably made sense that in interior was the first place to place them. Made probably made sense uh, the way that they're being built. A, 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 a white left side and a, and a black right side. wood <laughs> <laughs> on carbon fiber. I, I hope that's not the only thing it's looking for is color. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not. It's so, not a common failure we've seen of them, but we we've seen it on all of the cars now. <laughs> This is interesting because it's cameras running AI to determine something. I've heard of some other company that might have some technology in that space. <laughs> they might. Yeah. yeah. And, so and I wonder if they're going to control the environment like this. You don't have to worry about it trying to run a red light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I guess we're not going to see um, Optimus out there anytime doing the inspection anytime soon. So they had to right. do this instead. Optimus has got the sensor set to do that. It would be funny, yeah. They're just have gonna a, have... put Optimus's head on some sort of robotic <laughs> robotic arm. It'll just shove the head and the, the twister out. It comes back out. That sounds expensive. Look <laughs> around. Random, they probably got a camera on the stick. Look at the body later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, next story. A little bit about Frito Lay and what was happening there yeah. recently, Casey. So Frito was doing like an environment day and they were showing off like how uh, not just their Tesla semis, but all of their investments, including their mega pack and their other non-Tesla products. 
we're helping them achieve their uh, their their net zero goal. And are uh, they trying to move towards a future free from fossil fuels? <laughs> they certainly are. And uh, one of the awesome. things that I thought was interesting is uh, they they had a couple different angles of all of their vehicles charging, and we could see one of the Frito Lay wraps uh, Tesla semis was still rocking the uh, the modified MCS2 connector that we saw on the spy shots of the at the time we called them Tesla mega chargers but now we're calling them Tesla semi chargers so I'm curious if they're going to go back and, and retrofit them with NAX or if they're just going to use MCS2 even though nobody else from Charin is able to use MCS2 because of the legal concerns <laughs> being that somebody yeah. owns the hairpin connector yeah, so they were they were showing, you know, obviously the the Tesla Semi was a big part of the event. Um, yeah. But uh, also showing off their their solar and battery banks, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, even their uh, shuttle fleet of vehicles, uh, which of yeah, course are Tesla. But the uh, three of semis and their yeah, forklifts. Exactly. Mm. So there's a there's a bunch and of the stuff packs. that they were pushing oh, for. And, the and we knew this too because of course the president of Pepsi over a year ago had talked about them coming with the semis early he, he was about a year early on his uh, yeah. on his guesstimate but uh but now that the, well, there, Steve, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they probably told him you're gonna get him by the end of the year and he said we're gonna get him by the end of the year and then they left him out to dry <laughs> it was a test to see if he would if he would leak <laughs> just like uh like just a like the governor the governor of nevada man he was he was on Twitter this morning immediately saying, hey, well, I'm showing up with yeah. Elon and we're going to talk about the, the new investment in Nevada. And it's like, he let that out of the bag. That was that wasn't even uh, that was something that they were probably <laughs> trying to keep quiet for a little while to the end of the right. day. Anyways, he was obsessed with people's height. That was weird. That was weird. I, uh, yeah, like uh, and everybody was doing that. What do you mean he was obsessed with height? What do you mean he was dissing on some guy for being short? And then when someone else came up on stage, like, oh, they're short, but not as short as that guy. Short, and it just was like you're being a jerk. You might wow. think it's funny, huh? But yeah, right. Maybe and then everybody was young man and young lady, but they were all not not young. Hmm. Maybe he thought he was uh, open mic night at the at the comedy stand. He right. had a little liquid courage in him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here's another uh, note that came from uh, Elon earlier in the week. And this, of course, uh, was his comment about peak oil being reached uh, within five years. Now, if you're of my age, uh, when you had been told about peak oil, uh, especially 10, 15 years ago, that usually uh, was a talk about the world running out of oil to use in their gasoline vehicles. We had, right. we had talked about that uh, when we were in, you know, just after school, after, after high school, there was talk about the world running out of uh, obtainable oil uh, that was not too hard or too expensive to get. Uh, mm -hmm. But Elon's comment was a different type of peak oil and his comment was directed to that will be the date uh, when the earth uses its upper top amount of oil that it will ever use. And from that point, from that peak, it will start to decrease. Uh, and of course, that's because of these sustainable vehicles uh, that are coming mm -hmm. to market, including Tesla, uh, that uh, they will not be using oil anymore. And therefore, we will not have to 
uh, drill and uh, refine as much oil as we currently are because, of course, the transportation fleet of the Earth is currently uh, almost all oil driven. Yeah. Uh, I also saw uh, an article that claimed that we had already hit peak gasoline this month. Uh, hmm. I didn't read it, so I don't know the details on that. Well, that would be within five years, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it would. <laughs> but gasoline and oil, you know, they're related, but not the same thing. But it, it also means something to do with, uh, you know, we're heading into a little bit of a slowdown, possibly a recession. Mm. Uh, and of course, with recessions and slowdowns, you tend to have less uh, oil being used uh, for for transportation too. So, right. But that, that's a that's a great thing to hear, though. Like uh, that, that we could get to the point within five years that from that point forward, it decreases uh, for mm -hmm. the amount used. Right. And then yeah. And, and that's that same recession. Uh, more of the cars and trucks will have been replaced with EVs. So. That may never recover. Go ahead, Petra. Sorry. One of my favorite sayings is the Stone Age didn't end because we ran out of stones. Exactly. <laughs> and so the oil age doesn't have to end because we've run out of oil. Um, we used to use whale oil and we found a better alternative and stopped sure killing whales just for their oil. <laughs> uh, so if you if we were actually to a point where we had run out or nearly run out of oil uh, or only had the really hard to get deep oil, uh, bitumen, uh, whatever, uh, the least, you know, all the light sweet crude is gone, uh, prices would be horrible. And if our economy is still based on that, it's going to be really horrible economic time for the entire world outside of the pollution issue. So right. if we find a I mean, better alternative, we have that, that, that uses oil that isn't exactly. like burning it. Like you got rubber, you got pharmaceuticals, plastics, you got pharmacies, yeah, you got, I mean, uh, fertilizers, yeah, plastics. Especially yeah. plastics. Yeah. So finding a better alternative and moving uh, for the right reasons, uh, while you while the prices are still uh, accessible to to mere mortals, uh, is a good thing. And that's what we should all be striving for: is move to EVs because they're they're better in so many ways. Uh, you can fuel yeah. up at home. You can do it with renewable energy. Um, there's with gasoline, you've got one way to derive it. Uh, yeah. There's some biogas, but I mean, the, the um, those are so it's, it's completely unscalable. You, you that could never replace the amount that we have today, which is why so many of the oil companies like to tout that. It's because they know it can never really displace them, but they can make hay about it. Uh, right. But with electricity, there's lots and lots of ways you can generate electricity, and if if one uh, spikes in cost, you just shift to the other, and then right. um, it's it, 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 Exactly, that's yeah. that's the so w when you have alternatives, then you have competition, then you have good pricing. Yeah. The other thing to look at though is uh, all those other uses we do have for oil. Um, if you leave the easy to access stuff, that they can just keep the, the oil mill running for for you know keep the rigs up that we've got now. Um, then we know that that can run for another couple decades. However, we right. use up all the good stuff. Are yes. they going to, you know, do the exploration and do the digging to get oil for plastic, get oil for pharmacy, get oil for fertilizer? They're not. They're, 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 the profit incentive won't be there because the farmer's not going to be able to raise his prices enough to, to, to cover that, like transportation and, and, and military uses do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Well, here's an interesting story as well. One of the other big stories of the week. And uh, I'm going to share the screen to show you guys. 
She's zonked out. <laughs> so this happened uh, earlier in the week uh, where yeah. Tesla had updated uh, their uh, supercharger map. And uh, for those that don't know, in the supercharger map, you do have the ability to, of course, uh, filter uh, by certain parameters, one being CCS charging. And, of course, you can see that by looking at Western Europe. A number of different uh, uh, Tesla chargers in that area have the ability to charge with CCS as well as the Tesla charger. And what and this, of course, allows third-party cars to uh, connect to the Tesla network if they use the app. And we've been going along with this, uh, wondering when North America uh, was going to be added to this, because Elon has mentioned it's coming. Uh, in fact, he, he said it, uh, it was coming soon. And what happened here is that some uh, sharp-eyed person uh, was able to uh, notice that uh, there was an update on the Tesla site. They quickly searched for CCS in North America, and a single location came up. And this, of course, is a location that's very close to the Tesla Design Studio in Hawthorne, California. And uh, as you can see by the red box, it is flagged as CCS compatible. Uh, and... Uh, the picture, the inset of the charger, uh, shows uh, a thicker hand or a thicker, I guess, plug, which is speculated to be what they call now the magic dock. Mm -hmm. And the magic dock basically is a regular Tesla plug that plugs into some apparatus that is a converted to a CCS plug. And depending on the vehicle that pulls up to the charger, you can either get the CCS plug on the end of the cable to plug into your non-Tesla vehicle, or possibly the Tesla charger would unplug from the dock and allow you to charge normally for a Tesla vehicle. So this is some speculation, uh, but it is interesting, interesting to see that they are testing uh, the CCS compatibility uh, and uh, whether it's going to be the first location will be in Hawthorne or someplace else, uh, that's speculation as well. But it is interesting to see that they are playing with this and that uh, information uh, most likely got out uh, by mistake recently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, they were the, flipping the switches and stuff just to seeing if it was work. And, uh, and uh, someone said, well, why didn't, you, you know, why didn't you do this on the dev site, not the live yeah. site? We don't have a div, just like Twitter. Um, so the Tesla Scope team sent some individuals, uh, either either the, the the main guy or or both of them, uh, and and went to go verify, and they did not see Magic Duck at Hawthorne, uh, right. but they were able to verify that the the person who did find uh, in the app and on the website, they did verify that they were seeing the same thing there. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I want to give us a pat on the back though, just because. Um, Way back when they first talked about that, are you patting yourself on the back? Of course I'm Casey took it quite literally. When they first announced they were going to do this, we were speculating about how it could be done. And uh, like, okay, anybody could have an adapter, but those adapters are gonna be stolen. And you don't wanna mm -hmm. make all the drivers buy adapters because that's not super convenient. I mean, there are us hardcore guys who love to have a whole backpack full of adapters, but uh, you want, that's not Tesla's model, right? They wanna make uh, EVs easy, easy to drive, easy to charge, easy to get where you're going. 
And that means the, the adapter thing has to be transparent. And so this is exactly what we said it would be, is that uh, if you pull up with the Tesla, you pull it out, you get the, the NAX connector, although it wasn't called NAX at that time. Right. But if you want to charge a non-Tesla vehicle, well, you have to have their app anyway, and you have to tell it what stall you're going to be in. So when you do that in the app, boom, it's gonna lock on that CCS adapter. And then when you pull it out to charge your car, you're getting it with the connector that you needed. And it's locked on there so it can't be stolen. And then when you have to put it back when you're done, and then the same thing can happen for the next person. And when they just grab it, it'll have whatever type of adapter they needed on the end or no adapter. Um, the right connector just automatically happens. So uh, magic dock, magic happens. And yeah. it's a smart it's engineering. Cuts the cable while it's undocked. Will it release it? <laughs> or will it zap it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think all the pilot safety stuff still happens through CCS, so oh, I don't true. think they would get shocked just because it had an adapter on it. Um, they're still jerks, though. Either way, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's like, like if it's like just a like is it electro electromechanical lock, like with a solenoid, or or does it oh. physically like a, like turning a deadbolt and like so even if they do it, they've just got now a worthless. I mean, in addition to you know the already being worthless, but now it's even more worthless. <laughs> Not sure. Yeah. We're going to have to see. I'm very interested to see when these start to show up. I was That was a great point, Casey, that they did send people over immediately to the Hawthorne site to look for a magic dock on one of the 20 <laughs> chargers. Uh, and we're disappointed when they didn't find anything. But uh, I'm at 1A and it still looks normal. Yeah, Damn exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so one thing that, that did uh, intrigue me about this, though, is that on V3 chargers, which Hawthorne is, or is mostly, I'm not sure if it I think when I looked up the site, it just said 250. It didn't say up to 250. Um, the 250 chargers, the V3s, they have a a, a a black color. And in the pictures, before lightening and after lightening it up, uh, they they look like they have the silver color on the um, on the V2 chargers. Not earlier. It could it could also be not the correct photo yet for what the device is going to look like. Like yeah, this, this was just true. a test, right? So yeah, they, put, they put could the, be put the thing up there, like use the the block from the CCS charger on in Europe, and then use the cable from exactly two, and then slap yeah. it in the app because you know they're just supposed to be testing it, right? And but, but having that, uh, at least it's going to give them the flexibility. They're going to be able to add that most likely quickly. Uh, to a number of already installed uh, uh, V3 superchargers, wherever they may be, whether they just do a couple uh, per location or if it's all of them at a location, uh, it's they're going to have that flexibility that they can just install that magic dock on just one or multiple chargers. So it's yeah, going right. to should be an easy solution as long as, of course, the the, the dock works properly and uh, keeps the CCS one locked in place, uh, depending on what vehicle has pulled up. Uh, and yeah. what what the app is indicated is charging. They Way more affordable than for this because I was looking at some some photos I had taken of a V3 supercharger two three years ago now. Uh, yeah, exactly three years ago um, in uh, in, in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. They um, they supply 24 volts to the pedestal, so there's already power for the radiator and the fan and all that and the lights, and they've got two slots for cables. I don't know if that's just something that le is left in there because in Europe they've got two slots, but those are only on V2. They don't need them on V3 because those are CCS only. Uh, so it will be cheaper to use a magic dock than to run another yes. cable with CCS handle on the end because now you're only using you know, the, the very tip of the CCS handle rather than 
a whole nother mega loop of cable plus the cooling plus having to wire it up. So so I could see mm -hmm. them just replacing the latch with, with this, plugging it into, there's probably already a slot for the 24 volt for that or tapping off the one for the light or the one for the fan or whatever. And seems to be a pretty quick install. And then with the modular that they've got coming from both uh, Giga Nevada and uh, Giga Buffalo, they just palletize these things for the new installs and just drop them out there. Yeah, pretty smart way to do it. And a whole Absolutely. lot cheaper than installing a whole nother infrastructure <laughs> for CCS <laughs> or a second cable. Right. Well, the second cable is cheaper than, like you said, new posts, but this mm -hmm. is even cheaper than cable. Exactly. And like, like we said, if somebody goes through and cuts them all, you're only replacing the one cable rather than double plus, plus right. the adapters. Yep. <laughs> and if you're watching us for the first time tonight, we'd like uh, to ask, give us a thumbs up on the video. Press that subscribe if you hadn't. That's going to help us out. doesn't cost you a dime and uh, gets our name pushed up a little bit higher on the list and we get to more eyeballs. So really appreciate if you could do that. You can also follow us through the week uh, on our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life as well as our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life numeral one. And uh, you can follow us uh, all through the week and, and get news as it breaks. Another uh, interesting story that uh, came to us this week uh, was that uh, Elon uh, dropped into someone's conversation uh, who was saying from his knowledge that he believed that there were gonna be, gonna have to be a lot more copper mined in the world in order to facilitate more batteries. And uh, Elon came in on that conversation and said, actually, he doesn't see the need for a lot more copper to be mined uh, as this person did. But what his, he sees needed for Tesla is the refinement of lithium. More refinement is required. We all know that lithium is a abundant resource available in many, many different uh, countries and nations across the world. Uh, but we also know that the refinement process can take a long time. Uh, if you go down to uh, South America, uh, Chile, uh, other places in South America, uh, Bolivia, they have large pits of, uh, uh, I guess it's water that contains lithium. It's mixed in and they let the sun do the refining. So it takes a long time for water to evaporate. Therefore, the lithium gets more concise uh, in a smaller footprint, they move it to another pool, it happens again, they move it to another pool, it happens a third time, and then they extract it, and it's it's uh, more refined at that point that they can sell it to battery makers. And of course, it has to be tested along the way and make sure it's a certain purity, blah, blah, blah. But it looks it looks like the way that like we've seen in Mississippi and, and Alabama and similar where we get the salt uh, for, for sea salt, it looks just like that. Yeah. Just different colors because the chemicals are different. <laughs> So, so Elon touched upon that he believes that uh, more refining has to happen, whether it's an artificial refinery or, or a natural one, as we just explained, uh, that's up for interpretation. But certainly with the volume that he's asking for, it's probably going to be some sort of a, a combination. Certainly they can take whatever is available at the time, but they're probably going to be looking at other ways to artificially speed up that process of refining lithium down to a certain consistency that's required. So uh, it was interesting that he didn't feel that copper is that much in the equation. We don't hear that much about copper being used in the batteries anyways. Um, 
kind of interesting that this one person that was talking about their knowledge of batteries and what was going to happen with the world battery needs uh, talked about copper in the first place. But um, it was interesting uh, that, that the Elon, again, uh, he's been talking about lithium for some time and he's been talking about refining uh, and that Tesla may be required to do some of this themselves uh, because uh, if others don't get involved with it, they're not going to sit on the sidelines and wait for someone to do it for them. They'll get involved with it and get a process mm -hmm. down and do some of this themselves, maybe even helping some of the other lithium miners out there uh, in the uh, process by uh, putting together a process that makes it quicker, faster, cheaper uh, for, for the refinement process. And we've already seen documentation for them applying to start lithium refineries in Texas. That's so right. We have. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a short step for that. Uh, one of the commenters on the article that we uh, that we looked at for this pointed out that uh, part of the reason you don't really need as much copper as one would expect is we've been mining copper for thousands of years now. And right. <laughs> there's an abundance of it. recycled. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't need as much new copper going in the system. And, and we'll get to that point with nickel and lithium and other things. Uh, but right now, when there, there wasn't a big market for them and that market is growing massively, until you've filled that pipeline and started recycling the old stuff, uh, you are going to need new materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another story of interest happened this week. Actually, it was two stories, uh, one for the state of Virginia, one for the state of Mississippi. And uh, the old dealer network is still mm -hmm. churning out there. Uh, blocking Tesla from sales uh, for uh, sales to happen in, in these individual states. The dealer networks are putting up blockades uh, based on the money that they've supplied to different governments uh, over time, uh, the different lobbying funds uh, that they are in charge of. Uh, it's tough for some governments to turn away uh, from money that they're receiving uh, for lo from lobbyists and others. Uh, but um, Tesla is asked for some help. Uh, if you are uh, a resident of the state of Virginia or Mississippi, Tesla would like to ask you to reach out to your state representatives and let them know that you would like the free market uh, to run in that state uh, and stop blocking Tesla and others from selling vehicles directly to customers without a dealer in between. Um, this is something that Tesla has fought from the very beginning. Uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't imagine the number of uh, court cases that they've been involved with to this point, because it seemed in the outset, the beginning of this, that there were a significant amount of states that blocked them at every turn uh, and produced different types of rules and rulings uh, to prevent them from moving forward with this agenda. Existing rules, yeah. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that, uh, and, and I know we as Tesla owners uh, have helped this cause by reaching out to our state and provincial representatives uh, to let them know that uh, we want a free market uh, because it's going to benefit us, the consumer, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, maybe that wasn't the case back in 1930 or 20 when these rules started to uh, appear. Uh, but uh, at this point, uh, it does, uh, without a dealer, it allows us to have one less middleman between the price that we pay for the vehicle and the vehicle itself. So um, if you are in those states, uh, I would urge you uh, to reach out to your uh, state uh, representatives and let them know 
you're feeling on this because that's the only way that things change. Uh, if mm -hmm. you have a number of like-minded people that group together and let the representatives know what their feeling is on this subject. Yeah, I find it ironic that some of these same politicians who are up for uh, blocking Tesla are the ones that say, oh, we're for the free market. We're for less government regulation. Oh, except we want to protect this thing because they paid us some money. Uh, stand on your principles. I mean, come on. Uh, it's very hypocritical. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and there's no reason for it nowadays, right? I mean, imagine if you couldn't go to a farmer's market and buy directly from the farmer. It was required that there was a middleman. Or, you know, uh, consumer electronics, you had to go through some middleman. You couldn't buy, you couldn't go just to the website, order it, and have it shipped to your house. It's, it's uh, ridiculous. There's no need for it. The only ones where it really makes sense are, are, are drugs and guns. And even then, you can still say, like, mm, the manufacturer could still set up a shop and check your ID. Right. Yeah. You, I understand for those, there's requirements for who they're sold to. That doesn't yeah. change who is selling it. As long right. as they meet the, the, those requirements that, that, that are justified, then fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, 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 uh, if Pfizer or Glock wanted to set up a storefront, there's nothing stopping them that we can see. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure each individual state probably has something, but uh, like Apple right now, Apple wants to sell you an iPhone, uh, Verizon wants to sell you an iPhone, AT&T wants to sell you an iPhone. There's, there's nobody stopping you. As long as, you know, FCC is verified that the thing's not blasting out the wrong signals. Right. Yes. Actually, Casey mentioning Glock just did something in my head. I was in Tennessee on vacation uh, this past summer, and I uh, went by a billboard that said, every Glock in stock. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's yeah. shocking for a Canadian to see. But He said, uh, worried about your monopoly? Buy a congressperson today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Be a lobbyist. Yeah. But uh, with that, let's uh, let's roll on to um, shoutouts. Uh, Casey, any shoutouts for this coming week? Yeah. So hook us up on uh, or catch up with us, I should say, on Sunday at uh, YouTube.com at Casey Green. That's K A C E Y G R E E N. It'll be very much like this, just with uh, no time limit, and uh, the co-hosts will kind of filter in and out. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting, uh, just kind of a a laid-back setup and um it's, it's kind of interesting because like uh this show we're catching news and that show we're catching news but like there's like every, every time we end a show like there's something else so it's kind of like you you get like a little uh little, little step it's really cool and, and i like i like being able to do that very good very good patrick any shout outs uh, for us today yeah so uh i just want to go look at the Tesla stock price. So they closed today at 144, and now after market they're at 152. So, yeah. uh, so uh, the, the the market seemed to like the way that call went. Seven dollars, <laughs> eight dollars now. Eight, eight, <laughs> eight bucks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, shout out to Tesla stock. I'm going up. Yes, because I am a long term <laughs> shareholder, and I'm very happy about this. Yes. Um, if you. Uh, uh, follow me on Twitter. I was having a discussion with somebody as the stock was going down, and I said, I have an order in to buy at 110. And they're like, You're just wasting your money. And now I can just say, Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But this, of course, is not stock advice. Uh, no, it's, no, it's, it's not. just, uh, it's, 
it's you just revenge for Patrick. Yeah. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if you can go back in time and buy it at 110 and sell it tomorrow at 150 something, then it's stock advice. But if you have a time machine, you don't need stock advice for me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, and my normal ones, I blog occasionally at carswithcores.net, and I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. Thanks a lot. Very good. Press that uh, like button, press that subscribe, help us out, and uh, we'll get together next week and discuss what is happening in the Tesla life. Good night, everyone. Good night. Stay positive. Test negative. <laughs>